Moody, I'd like you to meet my bodyguard. Friday, everybody, because it is Friday while we're sitting here. We're exciting on a Friday night, but it's Nathan and Jessica. Jessica, how you doing? I am fantabulous. Right All now. right. You're fantabulous. <laughs> That's a great way to put it because it's another episode of It's a Classic, the podcast where we sit down Gen X versus Gen Z to decide if the movies that I grew up on truly are the classics that I believe them to be. Jessica, uh, you are uh, 17. Is that correct? Yes. So many of these movies you have never seen. And never seen before. You've never seen of, them yeah. before. In fact, it, actually, for the first two movies, they are ones I don't even think you've ever heard of before. Uh, Except for me. You can't count from me. You had yeah. never heard them before. Actually, no. The second one I have heard of before because of the actors in it. Okay. Well, here's, <laughs> as you may have already guessed yes. by the title of this podcast, that we are talking about My Bodyguard. One of my favorite movies of all time. Believe it or not, really. I'm not just saying that because uh, we watched it. But truly, 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 it is one of my favorite movies of all time. My Bodyguard from uh, the early 80s. In fact, let's talk about it. 1980. This movie came out the same summer as Empire Strikes Back, believe it or not. Which is very apparent because they have... I mean, in the first shot, they've got him playing with an X-Wing. Yes, they did. Well, it's not the first (laughs) shot, but early on, he's he's playing with an X-Wing. That is correct. Uh, and definitely by the fashion that you see in this movie. I love it. Yeah, because it's a lot of bell bottoms and platform shoes and really tight shirts on <laughs> Matt Dillon. But that leads me to talking about who's in this movie. So My Bodyguard starring Chris Makepeace, who at the time was kind of a kind of a mid-level it guy in these movies. He had already been in a movie with Bill Murray called Meatballs, which was probably on our list at some point, Meatballs. That was kind of where his claim to fame. Interestingly enough, in Meatballs, he basically plays the same character. Kind of an outcast, nice kid, but he's kind of on the outside of everything. And and Meatballs, I can't remember if he's actually beat up, but like he is in this movie, but at the same time, the outcast kid. This is also the debut of Adam Baldwin, not one of the Baldwin brothers. However, you may know Adam Baldwin. I do. <laughs> you do from the great epic, and yet Rest in Peace is now gone firefly i love that show adam baldwin (laughs) yes that's right jane cobb adam baldwin's first movie where he plays ricky linderman chris play uh make peace plays clifford uh adam baldwin plays linderman who is this kind of legendary uh outcast a lot of stories about him you know this kid in your school right yeah he's the one that has all the stories (laughs) about him you know he, he broke a teacher's legs he beat up a cop and this movie in particular we'll get into the story behind him uh, we also have Matt Dillon. Yeah. Matt Dillon playing Moody. Playing Melvin Moody is his full name. And, uh, big M. The Big M. That's what he <laughs> wants to be called. He wants to be called the Big M. Uh, Matt Dillon, truly, this is his first full-on villain role, believe yeah. it or not. It's really because uh, in his other movies, he kind of played the anti-hero, like in The Outsiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Derry, or he not Derry, kinda... Dally is, Dallas is kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. He's got that heart of gold, but this at the, deep, deep, deep down, but really seriously, he's yeah. very troubled. Uh, and also, uh, we got Martin Mull. We have um, one of my favorite uh, actresses of all time playing Grandma, who Grandma <laughs> is, she uh, is my she's idol. amazing, <laughs> and that's Ruth Gordon. 
uh, playing grandma, and she's the kind of grandma who's constantly hitting on guys. Because the plot is this, and, and Martin Mull's in it as well, and we'll get to some other people that, that show up in this movie. There's some interesting cameos. The plot of this movie is that Clifford it lives with his dad. His mother's died, I believe, in a car accident, but they live in a hotel uh, in Chicago. His dad is the manager of this luxury hotel where he lives with his grandma. They live up in a penthouse suite. Uh, where they spend their time looking at women across the way in the skyscrapers <laughs> with a uh, with a telescope, which really uh, uncomfy scene, really uncomfortable add. scene, really uncomfortable scene, and really hilarious scene when yes. I was a kid. It was funny, but I can see how it's a little bit cringy now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Grandma spends her days sitting down in the bar drinking and hitting on men her age, whether they're married or not, which leads to a lot of different she issues going is on at home. Iconic. But she's okay. <laughs> You're throwing out words now. Let's let's just stick with let's just stick with she's awesome. You start throwing iconic. I feel like you're trying. She's an icon. She's an icon. Really, that's what you want to be when you grow up. She's an enigma. No, she's not even enigma. That's not even the right word. I'm just using words. Also, speaking of words, I would like to make an apology. For the last episode, where apparently I used the word trope way too many times. I'm way sorry. too many times. That was like, <laughs> so at one point, it, it's like you found a new word and you wanted to use it. So anyway, <laughs> that's kind of who's in this movie. There's a couple of, cam- uh, not cameos, but uh, there's one uncredited appearance. Is that the girl, the girl in the diner? Uh, well, that is one of them. Yeah. Joan Cusack, the sister of John Cusack, is in this movie, and she actually has a speaking role. She plays Shelly, who has a crush on Moody, who Moody ignores and because she's a little bit awkward and goofy. Yeah. But one of Shelly's friends is someone who became a superstar in the 80s just a few years later in a little movie called Flashdance, and that's Jennifer Beals. Jennifer Beals mm-hmm. is in this movie as one of Shelly's friends. Now, the plot of this movie is, we'll get back to that, it's basically that Clifford lives in this hotel with his dad and his grandmother, and he starts uh, at this new school, and it's different from the school he went before, because you get the impression that he went to the Southside Academy, which was more of a rich kid school, so everybody behaved. But the school yeah. he's in now, it's one of those ones that uh, it was very, I don't, yeah, maybe stereotypical in the 80s. You know, it looks really run down. It, it really looks kind of like a war zone. I mean, it does. I mean, you looked at it. You actually <laughs> the bathroom. The bathrooms <sighs> were horrible. You told me though. You said this was the most realistic yes! okay. high school you've ever seen because there's a scene where he where uh, Clifford walks into the gym and the orchestra is practicing right there. Well, and the string the, the string most... ensembles practicing. It's not the no, whole orchestra. Yeah, but... it is the most normal high school thing I've ever seen where the band or the orchestra is just in random places practicing and I loved that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So I mean it, it is pretty funny because that's a scene where where uh, he's trying to talk to Linderman, but uh you know uh, you know that was the thing you said to me was like and that's an interesting thing because it, one of the uh reviews for this movie was by Roger Ebert, one of the most famous critics of all time. Do you know who Roger Ebert is? No. No, you need to do a lot more reading on Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert uh, hosted a show called uh, uh, Sneak Previews with his uh, counterpart, Gene Siskel, uh, which later became At The Movies was the name of it. And uh, Roger Ebert had won a Pulitzer Prize. uh, And so he was a great reviewer, great writer, very smart, sharp guy. But he loved this movie. And this is the reason he loved it. He said, what I loved about this movie was, even though there's some – predictable parts the Mm -hmm. end is predictable he said that the high schoolers are high schoolers they are yeah they're just kids they're not this kind of uh sex crazed uh overly uh, they just seem you know clifford's just a kid yeah they're all kind of awkward i mean 
Moody's the big tough guy, but, but he's honestly, awkward. He's, he's, he's so awkward. He's really awkward and weird. I mean, he's the he's the tough guy, but you, you sense immediately that he's insecure. Yeah, uh, and he's got a posse around him that they do all the work for him, which makes you wonder, and all of them are awkward. And all of them are awkward, and and they hang out in the bathroom. And so when Clifford gets to the school, what he finds out immediately is that. Uh, uh, Moody kind of runs the school, right? He takes uh, he takes protection money, quote unquote, uh, to protect the kids from Linderman. Linderman. Who's Linderman? Let's talk about him. Ricky <laughs> Linderman is uh, Adam Baldwin. He's kind of this mythological, <laughs> almost <laughs> monster, right? In the yeah, school. they kind of make him to be this. Oh, I had I had an analogy in my head, and I can't. Well, think don't of worry anything. about an analogy. <laughs> it's actually well, it's interesting because that's what he is in the mind of the kids. Right? Yeah. You know, Linderman killed a kid. He got arrested. He's the monster under the bed. They're like, what is he going to do next? Yeah, I, I he can't, is. I nobody understand. wants to sit next to him because they're all terrified of yeah. him. Yeah. But when we see Linderman for the first time, I think it's it's really obvious in the way, because the first time we see him, he comes into this classroom. What did you think the first time? I mean, when you hear his name, yeah. you're imagine, what did you think the first time you saw him when he walks in the room? What did I think the first yeah, time Yeah, like, like what is your first impression of the character of Linderman when he walks in? Oh, the character. Um... I just saw him as like that quiet kid that you know. Yeah, he's he's real sad. Yeah, he's very just kind of drawn back, like someone that if I if I saw him sitting in a classroom, I'd probably sit by him because I knew that nothing was gonna happen. Like he, he you, you feel he, that. Yeah, I feel like that. He just kind of exists and he does his own thing. He, I mean, he doesn't talk to anybody. No. Um. He he just kind of you know gives the teacher his pass. He sits down and the teacher you immediately recognize. I love her. She's very empathetic, right? She is. She's gentle with him. You know, where all the kids are terrified of him, she looks at him and you can visibly tell that there's this compassion she has. So already you know from her that something's not up to what everybody's saying, right? Mm -hmm. So over the course of this movie. You have, uh, it becomes obvious, right? Uh, uh, Linder, uh, not Linderman, uh, Moody's picking on Clifford, and Clifford realizes very quickly after a confrontation in the bathroom that Moody's afraid of Linderman. It was, I love that scene because I love, because he's in the bathroom, Moody's picking on Clifford, and then Linderman walks in. No, he doesn't walk in. He steps up. Remember, he's already in the bathroom. Oh, right. He's in there smoking a cigarette. He stands up. He's like, he's like, crazy tall and he stands up and moody immediately just walks out the door and i've met adam baldwin at the dallas yeah, fan expo the adam dude baldwin. no the dude is huge he is so <laughs> tall yeah i've, I've seen the a, picture it's you've seen the picture that yeah. i have yeah he is he is huge guy super nice guy that's the thing um i, I feel like in a way there's a lot of adam baldwin you you kind of see in this movie Be, mm. not that adam baldwin's this soft person but he does have a very uh I, having seen Adam Baldwin with his fans and with uh, with like kids, he's just a very nice guy who is a strong guy, but very gentle and an appropriate, you know, kind of in a way that you just feel like, dude, I could be friends with this guy. He's yeah. he's really cool. Um, so anyway, we find out Moody is uh, afraid of Linderman, and that's when Clifford gets this idea. He gets the idea to <laughs> make Linderman his bodyguard. Not even. <laughs> make him he actually offers to pay yes, him he remember to pay yeah him. he says hey i want to pay you to be my bodyguard what was the price 50 cents a day something like that it was like 50 cents a day and i'll also do your yeah. homework because i'm pretty smart yeah and then the first it's, time we hear him speak his only words are not interested, interested. <laughs> not interested and he walks away and uh and so 
you know, kind of over, over, you know, it doesn't even really show you how he does it, right? You know, Clifford gets uh, locked in a locker. Linderman's going to leave him in that locker. In you the think gym. he's going to leave him. You think he's going to leave. He comes back, he opens, he opens up the door. Uh, uh, Linderman opens up the door. Clifford gets mad at him. And then it kind of cuts away, which I felt was interesting because what they did was they, they cut out the traditional, like, montage of, I'm going to pay you. Well, they have a montage, but well, it's, they, do, ca- they but... I don't, this is what I think. They don't waste their montage on that. Yeah. They, they, they save it for the, for they the good save one. it for a really good I also, scene. I also, I, I noticed that. I kind of thought about this, and I may be wrong, but maybe this is the first time Linderman has had someone kind of stand up to him and kind of and that could be get, like in his face. And well, he's like, "Oh, okay. and that's very clear in the scene because because Clifford's he's, not afraid of him. No, he just he, like he starts like cussing him out and yelling, yelling at, him, at him, and Linderman yeah. just kind of looks at him and like, "Oh," and he actually kind of grins. He does. He yeah. kind of grins like, "Okay, this kid is this kid's not afraid of me." Different. So he does. He he hires Linderman as his bodyguard, which then they have their little confrontation that Clifford runs in and starts with Moody. Um, and, uh, you know, he makes this, he creates this issue and they come out and there's this great scene where he says, Moody, I'd like to introduce you to my bodyguard, which was all in all of the promos. Like every trailer, yeah. every TV commercial had that scene. And Moody gets left behind by his friends because they don't want to mess with Linderman. Yeah. Also, his uh, Clifford's friend. What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, the <laughs> the kid who's everything's doom and gloom. Yes. Uh, his his friend's named Carson. Named uh, Paul, I think Quant is his name, and I think that may have been the only movie he ever did. Huh. But he's, as, a, he's funny. But like he's he's in that scene too, and he's like, yeah. And then he he's and gonna he, protect us all. Da, da, da. And then he gives Moody the finger, and he's yeah. got those goofy gap teeth with no. He needs braces and everything. So it's pretty funny. He's cute. But then what happens is Moody, I mean, uh, Linderman basically says, I'm tired of this. I'm out. I did it for you. We're done. And he walks away. And that's it. Linderman wants to be left alone. And he goes back to this this kind of troubled looking. You get very much the impression he's a tortured soul. By the way, yeah. we're going to get into spoilers. You should probably have already figured that out by now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll put a warning on the uh, on the podcast itself. But if you haven't watched this movie, go watch it first. It's really short. It's on HBO right it's, now. It's very, very short. It's very short. short it's like an hour and a half. Um, so up to this point, was there anything that surprised you so far in the movie? I think I think the fact that I was expecting Linderman to actually be kind of the scary guy. Yeah. And he wasn't. And that took me by surprise, and I loved it. Well, and that's what you you kind of. In fact, it's it's really funny in a movie much much later in the two thousands, uh, Drillbit Taylor, which is kind of a spoof of this a little bit. Uh, Adam Baldwin shows up dressed as Linderman. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and his line is kind of like a bodyguard for a kid. What a dumb idea, you know that kind of thing. So he kind of spoofs it a little bit. Um, for me, it was the surprise that it kind of you know they have this first encounter, which I guess it is predictable in hindsight. But at the time when I'm a kid, and this was one of the first movies my, just me and my mom went and saw, uh, that Linderman's like, okay, I did it, I'm out. And Clifford yeah. has this impression that they're going to be friends. He believes that by buying this bodyguard service that they're now friends. And that leads to a couple of uncomfortable confrontations or situations till mm-hmm. finally, and this is the only part of the movie where I feel like they could have camped out a little bit more, but I understand for speed and, and pacing of the movie – what they were trying to do and get to this point. But uh, Clifford follows, finally figures out where Linderman 
uh, he follows him. That's right, because yeah. that was that great scene where he follows him with his chauffeur. Yeah, and and he chases him down, and you know, Linderman walks away from him. Is like, go home, Clifford. I'm I'm done with you. And Clifford's like, I don't know where I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am lost. I am lost, I and I here. don't know where I am. So Linderman takes him with him. And I, okay, so here's my thing. How long do you think this next montage was? Like, how mu- how much time transpired in this montage with the bike? Yes. Because they, like, <laughs> they go to this shop, and Linderman's got this motorcycle he's been trying to I rebuild. I feel like it's like a week of buildup, because after the montage, when we get to the hotel, his grandma's already heard about him, and his dad's already heard about well, him. It's funny. So I feel like... Yeah, because you have, this, you have this montage, and what the montage is, is them looking for the parts for this motorcycle. Yeah. And I think it's meant to be like a day, but I couldn't remember. It looks like it's been like a week. It like, does. It and like and it... I need to go back because Linderman wears the same thing through the whole movie. He does. You got to watch Clifford to see if his clothes change. But anyway, they get this bike, this motorcycle built and there's this really, fa- and this is actually really famous. This is very well known and you see it in clips from like, uh, like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, recap clips of the 80s and stuff oh, yeah. of them riding on this motorcycle trading places stand, run, one riding in the back and standing up with his arms and there's this victory thing yeah. and they're riding around Chicago and and it's in this when you realize that uh, you know these guys you're watching these guys become friends mm-hmm. and they're finally becoming friends and it really has nothing to do with the bodyguard thing they've bonded over this motorcycle Linderman's kind of just letting his guard he down, lets his guard down finally and he's he's smiling yeah. he, you actually see him smile for the first time mm-hmm. so we get to the dinner scene which i told you is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie it makes my heart hurt but i love it so linderman is there with clifford and he's having dinner with grandma and grandma's being grandma she is being she's being miss peach because their yes. last name is peach Ms. she's peach. being respectful to the young man but she's very much being grandma <laughs> she's, she's being respectful but at the same time and i love it because she starts by reading his palm yes and she's reading his palm, and she's telling him he's got a lot of girlfriends. And you can see this kind of sad Linderman going, yeah. well, no, not really. And she's like, I'm talking about the future. And then, you know, she says he's super smart. And yeah. he goes, well, I'm, I'm assuming that's the future, too. And then Clifford goes, what's that on your wrist? And you see, just very faintly, you see a scar across yeah. Linderman's wrist. And he pulls his hand away. So now you've got this other kind of insight into him that uh, – and oh, prior to this, what we have learned is that Linderman has come home and found his. A year ago, Linderman had come home and found his brother dead, yeah, who'd shot himself. And so now this, now we've got a, we've got a, a reason for all of this melancholy and sadness. And and I'm sorry, I forgot it, that. That's a, or a little bit earlier before this scene. When I learned about this, it made me think of like, what was he like before him? Yeah, you kind of wonder like, about. I, I want to know if he was like a regular well, kid. We and get then, an impression from. When he kind of tells shares the story later on, that yeah, I mean, he seems like he was. He t- says he goes, my brother who I found dead, I raised him. Yeah, and he goes, you know, so he's got kind of this. Uh, he's had to be an adult, and he's like the kid would drive you crazy. You tell him to sit down, he'd stand up. You'd tell him to do this. He said mm-hmm. he could, he'd. I love that he goes. You take him into a store, he'd walk out with half of it in his pocket. Yeah. He was nine years old. He was like a shoplifter, um, but Linderman had found him with his dad's gun on the floor shot in the head. So this was a big deal for him. It was very traumatic. And so we see in this scene with grandma that it looks like he's attempted to kill himself over it. But I love it because grandma grabs, she takes his hand, he clenches his fist. She takes his hand and she goes, Ricky, it's okay. You're among friends. You're among friends. And uh, she says, 
you um, let go. She says, let go. Or, no, I think she says, open up. Or open up. She That's says, what she, she says. She says something like, open up. And that hit me. And I was like, oh. Because there's this, he's got his hand Ooh. clenched. And she goes, open up. You're among friends. And then he kind of relaxes. And we yeah. have this really sweet scene. And then. Uh, and they, it, they don't push it. No, no. And, and so you've got this really nice. Yeah, it's not overdone. It's very subtle. But it, it gives you something to think about. And mm-hmm. it's not. It definitely, it makes you kind of sit and just. Which is where we're headed with the next scene, because the very next scene is now Linderman has made it into the circle with all of Clifford's friends. Yeah. The friends he's made. And they're all sitting at the park and having a great time. They're joking. You see Ricky Linderman joking like a regular high schooler. He's just a kid. He's just a regular high schooler. I have... He looks like he's 30. Well, everybody in this movie looks like they're 30. <laughs> well, no, Shelly and Clifford don't. Well, they, they look don't. Like they're 12. But they're all about the same age, truthfully. It's just that Adam Baldwin's such a tall dude. Yeah. Uh, but if you really study his face, he does look like kind of a he, kid. He has a baby face. Yeah. So, right about this time, Moody shows up, and now Moody has hired a bodyguard, this guy, Mike, who okay. is the biggest, like. Let's talk about Mike. Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, why are you fighting children? I think Mike's supposed to be a high schooler, or at least a college student. He looks like the world. He looks like a fifty-year-old college student. I mean, maybe he not that does. old, he, but he's like a grown man. And that always, when I was a kid, I was like, "Where did Moody? Maybe he's a friend of Moody's family or something." I but don't know. But Mike, why are you Mike fighting? Is, Mike kids? is this big dude, bald dude, body. He looks like he lifts weights, and that's the thing about Linderman is he's a big guy, but he doesn't look like somebody who works out. He's not like. Yeah. He looks like a kid who's lived on the street and has had to He's fight. He's rough and tough. He's rough, you know. And so Mike, in, uh, you know, inevitably, uh, Mike starts taunting him. And instead of a big f- showdown fight, what we get is Ricky trying to leave because he's in, he's embarrassed. And he it, and this is kind of, you get the impression this is taking him back to his reputation. He's dropped that reputation with his friends. Yeah. But now with this, with this, you know, this new guy there and Moody bringing this guy in, this guy keeps talking about, oh, I heard you're a tough guy. I heard you beat up women. I heard you beat up cops and you killed a kid. And so now this, this story for that Linderman and everybody created has now come back. And so he gets up and he starts to walk away, which leads us to the scene where Mike just beats the snot out of him. Yeah, it's... It's sad. He yeah. beats the snot out of Linderman. And then, insult to injury... He throws the bike into the lake. This bike, which has been a central part of this entire movie, you know, this entire portion of the yeah. movie at this point, uh, Moody and uh, and Mike, they throw it in the lake, and, and it just you see the. I knew the. How could you? I, <coughs> sorry. Whenever it happens, you, Linderman kind of gets sad, and I'm like, oh no, this is gonna like. Clifford's going to try to fix this, but yeah. it's not going to work. Like, yeah. this is so, th- this is the end of it. Linderman runs <laughs> off, and, uh, you know, finally we get this little montage of, of Clifford trying to – it's not a montage. It's, we just get this, like, like little bit of a scene. Mm-hmm. It's a little – you know, there's music, and he's walking down the street, and he's trying to find Linderman. And uh, he goes to his house. His mother's like, I don't know where he is. But you get the impression his mother – this is not an abusive home. It's definitely like it's low. It, it's definitely they live in a poor section of town. Yeah. Mom's mom's struggling. Mom loves them, but like yeah, she's struggling. Probably like both. I'm guessing like both parents. Everybody's worked. traumatized by all this. And yeah. So, uh, Clifford goes home. Uh, you know he's upset. He can't find him. And this is when he discovers that Ricky has been hiding out on his balcony. He's come yeah. up the fire escape, 
And uh, when he sees him, he's like, dude, where you been? I haven't seen you. And Linderman says, give me some money. I'm yeah. getting out of here. Basically, he's running away from all this. So he asks Clifford for money, which Clifford gives him. There's a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, and you know what's so funny about this? At no point does Linderman blame Clifford for what happened. In he fact, doesn't. he I, says... I thought, I thought he was going to. I thought we were yeah. going to have a moment of, this is all your, your fault. fault. And you shouldn't have done this. He just basically says, you're a good kid, man. I'm out. And he, and yeah. so Clifford chases him down. And, and we're kind of at the, you know, we could keep going about the movie. But this is the big scene I was waiting for you to see. Yeah. Because I didn't know how you were... You, you uh, drama <laughs> sometimes gets to you. And I noticed that you... <laughs> You didn't cry. You handled this one Which a little better. Which is a victory. It is a victory. I'm you banned from watching certain movies because of how hard I cry. This is like a, this is a huge moment yeah. <laughs> for me not to cry. So we get to this uh, this scene, and it's on a subway, the L platform in Chicago, mm-hmm. in the subway. And Clifford's like, hey, man, it's not your fault that your brother killed himself. And that's when Linderman says, it is my fault. I'm the one that shot him. So now all these things yeah. we've heard before that we've established about uh, this guy, Linderman, who is this big, gentle giant, we suddenly, it's all come true. He really did shoot his brother. And then he gets into the story. They were playing with their dad's gun. He wouldn't let his brother hold it, which he's already established his brother was kind of a, kind of a you know, a spunky, kind of a Spitfire punk, kind of Spitfire kid. punk kid. And, uh, but his, lovable. Yeah, he loved him. And his brother grabs the gun and it goes off. Yeah. Now, this is when I was younger, man. This is the line in this movie that stuck with me. And and it just stuck in my head because to me, this carried, this is where it, it takes this situation. It's very dramatic. And we've seen it in a million movies before, you know, the accidental shooting of my brother. And, it, you know, and this, I think, is where the director and the screenwriter make it. There's just a realism to this. He says, you want to know what he was worried about? He was worried about when dad came home, he was going to get spanked. And here he is bleeding out from his head. That part almost got me. Yeah. I was like, oh. He's like, and, and, and then he, he says, uh, he says, you're going to have to take the blame for this one. And, uh, and, and what does Ricky do? Ricky puts the gun and he says, I couldn't even do that. And he says, I put the gun in his hand. I said, told everybody I found him. And he said, I'm just, and so now we've got this entire in a span of about two minutes, we've got this entire dramatic weight that's thrown down. And I'm not going to say that this movie is like Oscar nominee. You know, no. it's 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 typical drama of the 80s. It's cliche. Uh, there's things, it's predictable. But this scene, I think, man, Adam Baldwin sells the scene so oh well. Gosh. For being his first movie, um, when he says that line about he thought he was going to, he was afraid he was going to get spanked. There's to me, I, and I'm not an actor. I can't judge. I felt like okay, that was that was that whole scene was delivered so well. Yeah. Now, what I wish they had done was I wish we had unpacked that scene a little more because immediately we're back to the park the next day, right? Yeah. Because we don't. Because like we he, don't see what Ricky's because he gets on the subway and he leaves. So I want to know what see, he does. Yeah. What does he I do? I want to know what happens. Night? But what we do know is the next day they see Ricky getting the motorcycle out of the lake. Which he's not wet at all. So I don't know how. Yeah, how did I didn't even notice that? Is he not wet? <laughs> he's not. not. He's just. Well, he always wears the same brown pants, boots, and army jacket with a white t-shirt. So, I don't know. I didn't notice that. I'll go, if I ever watch it again, I will go back and, and see. Maybe it's in IMDb. The goofs. Um, 
but Linderman is there and uh, Moody sees him because they just happen to be hanging out at the park yeah. because that's what everybody does in Chicago. It's him, Shelly, and his friend. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, Moody comes over and is basically like, Linderman, give me the bike, you know, kind of thing. Because now he's tough. You know, now he's got some bravado, right? Oh. And Linderman doesn't want to give it to him. So, oh, once again, we get... Mike. Mike. Mike shows up. <laughs> Only this time, this is why I love this. Mike is walking around in a tracksuit with a towel over his shoulder like he just worked out. Mike's that guy, right? He walks around, and <sighs> but he's in this like 80s tracksuit. He's got a towel like around his neck, but tucked in this tracksuit, right? I, and, I thought uh, it was just a really weird scarf he had on it. No, it no, took no, me no. a second to realize it's like it was a, gym, a towel. It's a gym towel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so gross. oh, I know, isn't it awesome? So he's got that, and uh, and so he, uh, you know, the fight ensues, right? Except yeah. this time, Linderman starts it because he tells him, "Okay, you can have the bike," and then he takes the shot, and then it's just Ricky and Mike, right? A just, really brutal fight. It too. was, it was like, pretty. I mean, there was one thing. I mean, yeah, he does bash Ricky's head against a tree, and there's blood, you know, coming off the back of his head. That made me think: is that like a reference to his brother? Oh, like wow, you were reading way too much into that. <laughs> I think he cut his head on a tree. Okay, I don't think that was the intent. Really? Uh, no, no, not at all. But uh, Ricky, uh, you know, he's in the fight. He Things are going okay, and then Moody jumps in and tries to hold Ricky, which then now Clifford decides it's my turn to step yeah. up. So he jumps in, and now we got two fights. We got Mike and Linderman, and we got Ricky and Moody and Cliff, or not Ricky and uh, Moody, Clifford and Moody. And Clifford's getting his butt whipped by this skinny Matt Dillon in a tank top, <laughs> who's just like dancing around, throwing punches. It's so funny. Yeah, it's like it's really funny the difference of the two fights because you got yeah, you know, like, like people who look like they've fought for years mike and ricky are on the ground punching versus like yeah. huh you want to go yeah I mean, go, but that, bro? But, okay but that goes back to the high school thing you want to go yeah. you want to go I you mean, know what they do they throw one punch and get caught by the teacher yeah that that's the thing well like, that's this kind of fight except they're in public yeah they don't get caught but then you get this but th you know uh, and and finally ricky of course we know he puts mike into the dirt knocks him out yeah. and then he comes over to <laughs> Basically play uh, uh, Mickey from Rocky for Clifford. <laughs> like, Clifford gets knocked down, and Ricky's over there going, all right, cover up, cover up, get in yeah. there. And then he's teaching him, you know, and then Clifford gets knocked down again. He gets a punch in, and Ricky. Which also, do they reference when Grandma says, knock him between the eyes? Well, that was earlier on in the movie. That's yeah, she I... goes, if anybody bugs you, knock him between the eyes. Yeah. Well, this time, Linderman's like, go for the nose. And that's, again, a really probably well-known scene where on the next shot, Clifford just punches yeah. Matt Dillon right in the nose, breaks his nose. He's bleeding, and he's talking about how he broke his nose. And then he's going Moody's going back to his friends, and you hear a girl just go, ew. Yeah, then his friends are like, way to go, man. Nice fight. Way to go. And then you just hear go, oh, you're disgusting, and walk yeah. away. Um, and he's trying to get sympathy. And, you know, our movie ends with our group going into, walking off into the sunset with Linderman looking to Clifford and saying, hey, you know what? You're pretty good in a fight. Would you like to be my bodyguard? Yeah. I'd pay you. I'm really smart. And, you know, we get that it's whole repeat. such a good, like, And it's just a happy, that. simple ending. It's just a happy, simple ending to a, to a very simple, happy movie. Now, we've gotten to the end of it. We've gone through the entire plot. You should go yes. watch this movie. What did you like? I I loved the fact that it felt like a real high school. Like, okay. that's so important to me. When I watch a movie, I want whatever setting I'm in. And I know it's a movie. Things aren't going to go perfect. But I want it to be as realistic as possible. Like, 
Moody getting in trouble at the principal's office. That never happens in these kind of movies. It's always that scenario. Oh, of... and the principal. Yeah, and the principal. But but this was great. He's like the principal's like, hey, Clifford. You know, I'm yeah. glad you're here. Don't let him pick on you. Oh, by the way, this ain't the South Side. So or wherever you came yeah. from. So next time somebody picks on you, you might not want to tell on them. And also like a kid telling their parents that they got picked on, and then yeah. their parents calling, and then him being like, oh no, I'm. Gonna... That's so real. Like. Well, Being yeah, I mean, and, kid, and in this like, day and age. If you get are getting bullied and you tell your parents and your parents end up telling the teachers, you're screwed. Well, let's let's <laughs> like, talk about this. Let's talk. This is legit bullying. Do you think yes. this is this is like if you compare to what people call bullying? I mean, granted, we have horrible bullying oh these gosh, days, yeah. you know, with social media and things like that. Do you think this there's some similarities here? Because, I mean, Clifford's physically assaulted. Uh, I mean, they try to and, make him drink toilet water. And, and it's I I like it because it doesn't start out with physical. I mean, yeah, it's more of a mental kind of thing. Taunts him and taunts him, and then finally, because Clifford actually he ends up he actually starts it by making a joke about Moody and not getting up from his seat, yeah. and he embarrasses him, and that's what that's where all this kind of started. We didn't hit on that, but I kind of wanted to leave some things a surprise. Huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that was good that it was a realistic high school. It was. I, I I think. I love the relationship between Clifford and Linderman. Like, I, I love the bond that they end up forming. Well, and that, yeah, that's what you expect from this movie, and I it's agree. Uh, I think I think what, you know, what they do uh, was for kids that, like me that grew up at that time. This movie was great for kids like me who grew up at that time because, you know, the ones who were picked on, you know, this idea of having a bodyguard, having somebody who could come and defend you when you couldn't fight yourself – uh, that was a cool idea. I can remember thinking about it. Ooh, I wonder who would be my bodyguard. Um, but uh, but you know, it, you you eventually you have to deal with your own problems, and that's why yeah. we get Clifford having this and, fight with Moody. And at I the like end. that Clifford's not the only one who ends up realizing Moody. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Moody yeah. He doesn't. He ends up just like showing people like, hey, this guy's not that bad. Well, he doesn't have to convince them. Like once yeah. once uh, that first scene where he's you know where Linderman sticks up and scares Moody away at the restaurant. Everybody's now his friend, um, and they're cheering for him, which also is something very high school-esque is like yeah. the person who's on top is the you know you if you stand up for the little guy or whatever the underdog everyone loves you in the underdog world right yep um <laughs> yep. anything you didn't like Ooh, i don't like mike i wish yeah. it was like an older brother yeah an older brother not mike not mike i don't like mike because he's like a 40 year old guy beating up this sick this oh, he's a 40 year old cuban guy who's like sleazy hanging out with high schoolers it's really creepy it is really creepy i agree it just doesn't connect um oh my gosh i love the scenes with the grandma and her like hitting on the guys it, well and, and it's such a good like side plot that you don't have to pay attention to well that was actually so considered funny. to be one of the weakest parts of the movie because really? it was a throwaway side plot i loved it except for one thing one thing we didn't mention is john houseman shows up for like two scenes as the owner of the hotel <laughs> or the director of operations john houseman's a famous actor like the paper chase and all these other movies, he was on Silver Spoons, but he shows up and he's only in like two scenes. Essentially, he's there to fire Clifford's dad, and Grandma swoops in and, and sweeps him, him off his feet, and and he he almost passes out from dancing with her, oh and then gosh. tells her what hotel or he she tells him what room to come to, and it's just weird. But you know, here's this famous actor for like a minute and a half. Yeah, it's really funny. But all right, so about 
Go ahead. I don't think there was anything else I really hated. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a dated movie. I mean, it is that. It's 1980. The clothes are dated. Uh, some of the things, you know, the insults. There was insults. a really awkward scene where he was watching the cheerleading practice, and I didn't like that because it didn't fit well. Well, and he was waiting for the teacher, but yeah. He was, but, but the way he was smiling. We didn't need the montage. They're of, in the, uh, you're using montage I, too oh, much. Oh, no. You're using montage, and I'm using it too much. It's not a montage. We don't, need the, we don't need the scene. It's a scene. It's not a montage. It's a scene, but yeah, we do get some back and forth uh, uh, quick cuts of uh, Clifford watching the uh, the cheerleaders. And uh, he's got this grin, and he's clapping oh. for him. It was a, that was a little creepy. But I love the teacher. She's the a teacher very, was awesome. She's a, it's for once we have a young teacher. You thought like, she was young? I thought she was old. No, she's young. Oh, young. I thought she was. Well, I mean, I, when I say, I mean, I thought she was like, like in her not old, old, but I mean, I thought she was older, like well, in her forties. Like oh, I thought she was like in her forty, no. forty-five. Well, it's it's better than the cranky old Miss Smith that we get in yeah, that's true. usual the old, movies that like yeah. you kids better be good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're Sorry. right. You're right on that was a weird voice. Sorry. You're right. That's true. <laughs> well, I gotta say, again, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I love it. I agree. Mike, creepy. No more Mike. If no they ever Mike. remade it, let's make it a high schooler uh, and not Mike. Petition, no more Mike. We don't like Mike. Sign up for it. Let's <laughs> don't like where's Mike. the where's the non Mike cut of this yeah. movie? <laughs> let's let's digitally insert somebody else over Mike. Nothing against the actor. It just felt weird. Yeah, no. All right, Jess. Time for the final verdict from Gen X to Gen Z. Is it a classic? I think it is. Why? (laughs) Um, I I think it plays into that really. It's short. It's sweet. It's nice. It's a very used storyline but it, very it does familiar storyline it does yeah. it differently it ends differently and it you think it ends differently i thought it ended well, pretty no, no, cliche with the, with the twist of you know i oh i'm the one that killed my yeah. brother yeah and that like kind yeah. of these really <clears throat> sweet scenes that i put in there i that just kind of sticks out as classic okay well it's a classic to me because it's very 80s yeah. oh it is my the beginning gosh, of the 80s it's yes. 1980 I think it's very reflective of that whole theme throughout. Yeah. And interestingly enough, it's really more like a 70s movie. The dramas of the 70s kind of bleeding into the 80s. I think that's why it's a classic to me. Because yeah. the, the 70s movies were very much like that character-driven, you know. you know. Interestingly enough, this comes out the same month, summer as Empire Strikes Back, which mm-hmm. is kind of the summer blockbuster this one really isn't but at the same time it has that sensibility of the 70s drifting into the 80s which i think 1980s pretty much the 70s but you still have that so for me always a classic i'll always watch it i love it um but uh you know what jess we need to figure out what we're gonna watch next we do and uh you know i've been i've been going through my head i've been thinking to myself what would be a good one (laughs) Um, maybe what we'll do is send out a tweet or an Instagram post this week Yes, to uh, give us a, uh, a little uh, hint at what's coming. But uh, you know what? This week, a nice little, nice little comedy drama. Mm-hmm. So until next time, this is Nathan. This is Jessica. Hey, you know what? If it's a classic, watch it. If it isn't, <laughs> watch it. <laughs> Because they're all beautiful, we all love them, and they're all from my childhood, and believe it or not, uh, we love them both. We love them all. We love them all. And uh, (laughs) you know what? We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.